for the chart of the day with our Bloomberg Stocks columnist, Dave Wilson. Dave, what do you got? Time to hide if you're a short seller and you're looking at the FANG stocks. It's not been easy on you. No, it has not, especially given the kinds of gains they've had this year. But looking at Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google's parent company, Alphabet, you have seen the short interest in these shares. And we're talking about the number of shares that have been borrowed and sold in anticipation that the price would fall and you'd be able to benefit from that. It, it's been shrinking uh, for each of these stocks for years now. And it's something that uh, Savita Subramanian pointed out. Uh, and she's the chief U.S. equity strategist at Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. And she sees this kind of as an issue for concern. The whole idea that, you know, people are so positive on these kinds of companies it kind of raises the question of where do you go from here? How do you get more positive? How do you get more buying? And just to give you some idea of what we're talking about, uh, the most extreme example is Netflix because it has the highest short interest of the group. Uh, it's been about 6%. You go back to 2012 or so, you're looking at 30%. It's come way down. Uh, you, you can see that you know Amazon's maybe 1.5%. And Facebook and uh, Alphabet, a.k.a. Google, below 1%. So nobody really mm. wants to bet against these companies. As she put it, the short interest is almost non-existent. And like I say, her concern is that the enthusiasm for technology stocks has gone too far. And she has what's called a market weight rating on the group, the whole idea that you, know, you don't want to own a higher percentage in these stocks than right. uh, their representative market benchmarks. If you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it, and everything I do going forward. The email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. Dave Wilson, thank you so much. I do want to get to another most read story on the Bloomberg today. It's about the Midtown property, 666 Fifth Avenue, co-owned by the Kushner family. And, of course, Jared Kushner, President Trump's son-in-law. We'll talk about the other owner in just a moment. Here with us uh, to tell us what's going on, Caleb Melby, financial reporter at Bloomberg News, in our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York. Tell us about this property. Tell us about the owners. It doesn't sound like it's a friendly ownership deal right now. Yeah, so Kushner and Vernado Real. Trust became co-owners in the building back in 2011 um, when the Kushners needed to refinance this massive $1.2 billion mortgage on it. And uh, that refinancing gave them time to try and solve the problems this building had. It wasn't making enough money to cover that debt. And one of the ways they did that is they artificially lowered the interest rate. But now that debt's due... February 2019, the interest rate is rising again. And the Kushners this whole time uh, had been hoping to build an 80-story building in the place of this current 41-story So story knock down building. the old building knock and it build down. the new. Okay. And uh, we had always been told that that was very expensive, that the market of interested buyers for a project like that it would probably be limited overseas. Uh, and then uh, the Chinese clamp down on overseas investment happened. That kind of made the market even smaller. Mm. That whole time, Vernado didn't seem particularly interested in this version of uh, the redevelopment plan. But today, we're reporting for the first time an actual sign of that, which is that there are representatives from Vernado telling office brokers, hey, this will stay an office building. Gauge your client interest. Right. Uh, and uh, just keep that in mind going forward. I do wonder if if the Kushner family had been able to get the money from the Chinese investors, would Vornado maybe be playing 
along with their vision? I, I, I think absolutely. That the deal that um, we reported back in March that would have made Anbang and mm-hmm. Kushner co-owners in the property and would have bought out Vornado to build that 80-story So they would have been bought out completely. At, at something like a thousand percent profit, it would have been. Yeah. It would have been massive. They would have been very happy about that. They they just don't think it's very likely at all. How often does this ha- happen, Caleb? Where you know you've got two Vernado, very well known. I think ownership of the building that we currently yes. are residing <laughs> in, uh, well known though in uh, the world of real estate. How often do you have real estate partners um, like this, fairly high profile, and then all of a sudden they don't get along? Sure. I I, I mean. Not not very often. I, I, the, the facts on the ground here change so much. Uh, I, I mean, in this particular case, Vernado found saw a deal in refinancing, but Kushner has partnered with a lot of institutional partners throughout the years, a lot of whom also, like Vernado, are press shy right. and worked for a while to have Jared be kind of the front man for a sexy new development in Brooklyn or something like that. But now he's in the White House there's the conflict of interest concerns. There's the people who aren't happy with the Trump White House and how it's, uh, how it's governing. And all of a sudden, this thing that was a good thing, these partnerships with well, the Kushners are now not so much a good thing. Is there something about the timing and all of a sudden the pushback by Vernado? It's because maybe some perceive that the White House isn't as strong, perhaps, as it was initially, or maybe that the market environment has changed in, ter- in certain terms of their attitude? I, I think it's a lot more about the market because yeah. uh, they're – partners with the Trump organization as well. Trump co-owns two office buildings with Vernado. So for them, I'm sure it's much less about the politics. And for Steve Roth and Vernado, they like to buy office buildings, update office buildings, manage office buildings. And make money while doing it. And make money while doing it. (laughs) Knocking buildings down has not typically been... It's costly. It's very expensive. Especially if the market is saying that there's really not an environment, there's not a lot of demand for what they want to do. Yeah. But something's got to be done because you got what 1.2 billion. 1.2 billion due February 2019. So we're going to be watching it closely, looking to see what plan they actually come up with. All right, a great story, interesting story, and as I said, among the most read in the past eight hours on the Bloomberg. Caleb, thank you. Thanks, Carol. Caleb Melby, he's financial reporter at Bloomberg News, joining us in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. Check out that story if you'd like at Bloomberg.com. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets, and this is Bloomberg Radio. <laughs> 